Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Beehive. I'm so glad you came. If you've been around a while, welcome back. We are all about B-I-T-C-H, and today we are leading with B. So B is for bank, and I have an awesome guest who's here to talk to us about money fog and teach us how to rise above money fog. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce Michael Ann. Hello. How are you? Hello from Seattle. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. Let's start with who you are, where you come from, and how you do life. Yeah. Who on earth am I when I'm not dancing tango by night? My day job. I am a money coach in private practice, and I have been a money coach for 25 years, which is interesting because it's a hot subject at the moment, and there's a lot of people that are now money coaches. But if you go back 25 years, (laughs) there was nobody. People are like, what is it you do? So I think that the fastest sum up, Melissa, is It used to be that people could see a financial planner if they had investment questions, a credit counselor if they had debt issues. The truth is most of us want to stay out of debt and build net worth. And I love both those fields, but neither was particularly trained to deal with the emotional side of money. Mm -hmm. So money coaching looks at both the practical side of money and how to get out of the money fog, which I know is our subject. But also, why do we feel the way that we feel around money? It's such an emotional topic. And why are we pretending it's not? Gosh, I totally agree. And I'm so glad that there is that there are more money coaches out there right now. It, Finally, there are more. It's like Finally. there are not enough people out there teaching no. this. There are more customers than we can possibly manage. It's so true. There's yeah. still so few people that are servicing. And yet it's crazy, right? Because who doesn't deal with money and who doesn't want to feel better about it. I'm glad the subject is finally talked about more. Oh my gosh, money is emotional and practical. I work with small business owners in the CFO space. So we do like fractional CFO work and we teach business owners how to read their financial statements. And nine and a half out of 10 times, they're very uncomfortable talking about money, their business money, their personal money, all of it together. Because it is a very emotional topic and it's a huge. lot of it stems from our childhood and maybe before. I don't know. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. In past life. Yeah. In past no, life. Childhood is huge, though. Absolutely. We inherit our parents and our grandparents' mm-hmm. behavior and attitude towards money. And particularly as women, generationally speaking, we're just not educated right. in the space. So I'm thrilled that there's people out there like you doing it. Let's talk about money fog. What is money fog? How do you know if you're in it? I would define money fog very simply as when we feel stress and anxiety from being fuzzy about money. That's like probably the simplest, highest level definition. When you dig in, I actually, part of why I call it fog, F-O-G, 
is it's when we feel fear, overwhelm, or guilt mm. as a result of not being clear about our money, which I thought was cute. Fog, F-O-G. But, I love I mean, acronyms. So yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who doesn't love a good acronym, of course. But it's so true because about half my clients are business owners, right? And yeah. exactly what you said, they're so uncomfortable. And there's a lot of fear and overwhelm and guilt. Guilt over what they're spending in their business or personal life. Mm-hmm. Guilt over what they feel like they should be spending, but they're not. And everybody is overwhelmed. It's in part of it is practical. Like we said, part of it's emotional. How, the other question is, how do you know? So I always ask people just a few maybe simple sounding questions but it helps to hear, okay, give me three or four questions. I ask people, if you've ever felt frustrated and found yourself wondering, where did it all go? Hmm. That's a sign you could be in a money fog. Like I said, if you feel fear or anxiety around money, that's usually a sign of fog, meaning not being clear, guilty. I'd say on the practical side, if you don't have a system for tracking where your money is going on your personal life or business, then that's generally an indication that you probably have some level of money fog. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, do you know how much money you need to live comfortably? And when we don't know clearly how much money we need, how much is enough question, right? How much is enough? When we're not clear about that answer, that's a sign of money fog. So you can look at it super practical or emotional. You can tell I spend a lot of time in both worlds, but The number one thing I hear when people call me is, I'm tired of not feeling in control of my money. Yeah, And that's the indicator. When you don't feel in control on either side, business or personal, usually that's a sign that you're in a fog around money. You don't know what's going in. You don't know what's going out. And it's it to me, it feels like a stream of almost like water. It's like flowing in and flowing out. And how many of us feel like, oh my God, it's just out of control, like a spigot flowing. We want to feel in control of the flow and we want to start directing the flow, right? So I, I guess the last thing I would say is, do you feel like money is the sacred tool to help you live the life that you want? And that might sound a little weird maybe to some of your listeners, but I know a lot of your listeners would resonate with that. They want it to be Money is, it's not just a neutral tool. They want to live according to their values. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because I think people who are in fog, to use your word, in fear, overwhelm, and guilt, is that right? Yep. Who are in that space, I find, assume that other people have it all together. They assume that everybody else around them has their money stuff together. And I can tell you from doing this for a very long time, most people don't, unfortunately, which is why I'm so thrilled that there are so many more money coaches out there. We need people to help us to teach this type of tool and to recognize that they move, it moves over time. And sometimes you can have a lot of money and the fear, overwhelming guilt is super, super high because you don't know what it all means. You don't know what to do with it. Your taxes are crazy. There's a lot that goes into it. And then if you don't have enough, you're panicked all the time that you can't pay your electric bill or you can't. To anyone listening out there, people of all shapes and sizes of all income levels are in fog. So you just made such a really good point because people assume that money fog or just general stress around money must mean you don't have a lot of money. Right. But it, there's actually no correlation between feeling not great about money and how much money you have. 
you could have a million dollars coming in and out and be stressed. You cannot sleep at night. Yeah, the types of stresses are different, but we think like a lot of times there's this imposter syndrome. If only everyone, if only people knew or everyone else must have it figured out. Right. But it's not about the amount of money. That, that said, we do want to feel like we have enough. Right. And we want to feel good about where it's going for sure. And I think the important piece is it's how comfortable life is for you. But that can change over time, too. Your comfort level when you're 20-something changes to when you're 30-something to when you're 50-something. And those comfort levels change over time. And understanding where to go for help and how to navigate through those pieces is so important. And if you have a partner and how they were raised. And then if you have... It's... Well, no. The overwhelm sets in. You're so right on. It it changes. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it changes. And I think like core questions what can I afford or how much is enough? Answering those two questions is different when you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. And if you've just retired, the answers are different. If you've just finally finished paying for your kid's college, the answers are different. You probably have more available money. So the Mm -hmm. answer to what can I afford is different than it was a couple of years ago when you were paying high tuition costs. And I think sometimes we just don't stop and say, wait a minute, have the answers changed? I've been through a transition. Yeah, I agree. There's so many pieces to it. I love it. Uh, I love talking about it and I love helping people find solutions for it. (laughs) You are so good at it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So let's talk about fog and emotions. Like, why are they so tied together? Uh, How do we step out of the emotion in order to address the fog? How does that work? Oh, it is so emotional. So part of why money, just money period, is such an emotional topic is its core survival. Mm -hmm. Anything that goes to our core survival needs brings up a lot of emotions. Food is also connected at that level. In fact, food and money can be very connected for people emotionally. Yeah, Part of it is core survival needs. The other reason why money gets so emotional is it really does go back to our childhood. We, as little people, little boys and girls, picked up very early. Money was important, whatever that thing is, that money thing that we saw our parents doing. And we picked up very simple things like money is needed for food. And we hear mom and dad talking about this important thing. Unfortunately, for the vast majority of us, either there was very little talked about that was helpful so it was like this magic, mysterious thing. Magic yeah. would even be positive. It's just mysterious thing. But also many people, unfortunately, grew up hearing people fight mm-hmm. about money, grew up hearing not necessarily fighting, but, oh, they could tell something was wrong. The rent's not being paid. Kids pick up so much from actually very little. Yeah. And it's not that parents mean to transmit money stress. But you could be going back to school shopping and there could be almost an innocent comment like, we can't afford to buy what we bought last year or some small comment from your parents. And a little kid is like, "Uh oh, the world is not okay." Yeah, there's not there's fundamentally not enough money. I better shrink my needs. I better not be a burden. That's one way that could go. Yeah, definitely. And we're recording this at the beginning of November. And of course, we know it's coming in the month of December with the big spends that happen uh, towards the end of the year. And the retail companies love it. And it creates a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. And I think addressing these items now when you can helps so much. I guess lecture quite often at universities 
And one thing I say to them over and over is spend as much time as you can learning how to manage money and learn how to manage people. If you can do those two things, your career will be fantastic. You will learn how to manage your money and your people at home, people at work, subordinates, bosses, learn those things, and it will drive so much value through your careers. I had a thought, of course, that I lost moments after I began that sentence, but I love where the conversation's moving. I love it. Well, and actually, you brought up Christmas is coming and holidays, Hanukkah, all the different ways that people celebrate the big spend, which is awesome. (laughs) And I am always talking about how do you avoid the post-holiday spending hangover? Yeah. And I was watching football with my love just this past weekend. We were watching the Seattle Seahawks because I'm in the Northwest. Every commercial was telling me what I needed. And if I was a good, loving person, what I would buy my children, what I would buy myself, what I would buy my parents. And if I didn't buy, oh, and apparently I need a new car for the holidays. I was like, I saw a dental commercial related to the holidays the other day. Like, if you're going to have good memories, you need to go spend money on your teeth right now. You're absolutely right. They connect that emotion. So evil, right? And parents out there, we are, we just feel like, oh my gosh, if we don't give our children this perfect holiday, then yeah. are we going to somehow ruin them for life? And we're not running around thinking about this consciously. Of course, we're all doing the best that we can, but this is why you and I are talking about it. Because yeah. if we don't, if we don't bring this stuff to conscious awareness, we are the victim of advertisers. Yeah. Because they'll tell us what we should do. Absolutely. <laughs> if we're not clear. I think a lot about fear and overwhelm and anxiety and all these emotions that come out of us, guilt, it's part of the human experience, right? And it's okay to recognize, in fact, you should be recognizing, I have anxiety. It's identify it and then figure out a way through it. I have overwhelm here. That's great. Now let's figure out a way to move through it. it it's part of the human experience. In fact, it's really what separates us from animals is our ability to have, recognize, move through emotions. And Managing your money pieces is so on point with all of that. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. How does rising above that money fog really lead to living a better life? My favorite question of all. I I, So part of what happens when we're in a money fog is it's like we're driving with no visibility. Mm -hmm. So when we're foggy about our money, it really is like we're in a real car driving down the road in heavy fog. And what do we do? We drive really slow, full of stress. We don't take any, there's no adventures. We just drive very slow because we're, all our energy is going into avoiding hitting something. Yeah, That's you where turn the music all, way down. Well, yeah, it gives a shut up. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It, oh, it's a fun car ride, right? It's just like your nerves are right on edge. Totally. When you're suddenly out of the fog, you realize, oh my God, I had no idea how stressed I was and how my vision was completely cut off. Yeah. You don't, generally, you don't realize how bad the fog is till you're out. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, what a difference. So it's the same thing I find that when people exit the money fog, their vision explodes, that suddenly they are looking at dreams, they're pursuing ideas, they're going on adventures. Because usually when people are in a money fog, Every time there's a possibility that pops up, going back to school or whatever, they immediately go, oh, yeah, no, I, I probably can't do that. I'm not sure, but probably not. But, mm-hmm. you know, and so they, it's almost like we close our eyes to possibilities. Once you're really clean and clear about money, you can entertain anything. 
it doesn't mean you'll do anything, but there's nothing that you don't look at and go, you know what? I could consider that. Let me think about it. Let me look at it. And so our vision gets supercharged and we are free to pursue so many beautiful ideas and dreams. We just don't realize that we're not pursuing them because you don't sit around going, oh, my eyes are closed because I'm in a money fog. We just, we don't see it because we're in it. Yeah, I love that. So can you give a piece of advice on how to start this process of even getting the courage to call a money coach? What are the first things you can do to start getting out of the money fog? So one of my favorite recommendations is I love to call it elegant simplicity. So what I find nowadays is one of the things that contributes to people being in a money fog is having too many accounts. This is just one real solid takeaway for your listeners, because there is what I call account proliferation. People have too many credit cards, too many checking accounts, too many savings accounts. And part of it is it's so darn easy, Melissa, to open an account nowadays. And they reward you for it. Here's $500. Yeah, here's a free toaster oven. If you open up another account, you're totally right. And sometimes we've got accounts left over from relationships, from Mm -hmm. other business ventures. A lot of people have a lot of accounts because they they fall into what I call bucketing uh, methodology. This account will be for vacations. Profit First does that. Yes. I hate it. (laughs) Yes. I am 100% in agreement with you on that. I like a lot of the theories in Profit First, but... That is the number one dilemma at first. Is, I agree completely. You know, too, many, too many accounts. And the reality is when you're spending your money out of five accounts, five credit cards and three checking accounts and two savings accounts, you lose sight of the big picture. It, it takes a lot of time to look at everything just, again, practically. But also you get so scattered internally that we lose sight of the vision mm-hmm. for our lives. And so one of the best things to do to start exiting the money fog is to prune your accounts. And I say this on the business side and the personal side, because we're all busy people. Mm -hmm. We know we want to look at our transactions, for example. How about I don't have to go to seven different places to do that, right? So that that is actually one of my favorite go-tos to really look at. Is there a way that we can engage in elegant simplicity There's no correlation. In fact, there's an inverse correlation. The more accounts people have, the more stress they're in and the more money fog they're in. Yep. And P.S., it's really easy to close your accounts online these days. I I have had a Wells Fargo account since I was 16 and I just broke up with them. So I've had the account a very long time and I broke up with them online in 10 seconds. I didn't have to go into a branch. I didn't have to do anything. It was amazing. All I had to do was zero out the account. You sell it somewhere else. Yeah, and you have to handwrite a hard copy no. of why I'm breaking up with you letter. Yeah, No, and I was yeah. actually, I was shocked that it was so easy to close it because I yeah. expected the, you have to call and tell us why you're breaking up with us and then we'll sell you into staying. And I didn't have to do that. So yeah. you can use the digital age to your advantage here and just break up with them online and you don't have to, you don't have to deal with them face to face. Because I know that makes people uncomfortable too, having to go into branches. I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. They're only open for six minutes of the day and all of those pieces. So use what you can online. I think that's fantastic advice. Michael Ann, share with the guests where they can find you, how they can continue this conversation. So the, you can find me at Seattle Money Coach. 
I have clients all over the United States, Melissa. My superpower is I help people get out of the money fog and create the life of their dreams. But the website is Seattle Money Coach because I actually live in Seattle. And if people are interested in the book that just came out, it's called Rise Above the Money Fog. And they can grab it on riseabovethemoneyfog.com or they can get it on Amazon. If you go to riseabovethemoneyfog.com, you can watch me talk about it for four or five minutes, which is, I think, kind of something that people like to do nowadays. Mm-hmm. But that's those are my top recommendation. I also put together a freebie for like a little sample of, let's take a little quiz and see how much of a money fog you do identify with. If you want to grab a, a free sample or a free quiz, then just grab it off the website, Seattle Money Coach. Awesome. That sounds wonderful. I know some people I'll send there right away. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks so much for listening. I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time, make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. Until then, I'm Melissa Liam. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya.